0: You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast on the 5x5 Network.
1: You're listening to episode 267, and I'm your host, Brittany Martin. RubyMotion, the Ruby runtime that lets you develop native apps for iOS, macOS, watchOS, tvOS, and Android, using your favorite editor and the Ruby language and the Ruby tools that you all know and love. Today, I've invited Lori Olson onto the show to champion the project. Lori got her start in software straight out of school with a Bachelor of Science, Honors, and Computer Science from the University of Calgary, working in the Calgary oil patch. Since then, she has developed software solutions for the health, finance, and entertainment industries, as well as software tools used to boost the productivity of other software developers. In her copious amounts of free time, Lori volunteers as an instructor, mentor, and former chapter lead with the Canada Learning Code, a nonprofit devoted to increasing digital literacy by teaching coding and technical skills in a hands-on, social, and collaborative way. Welcome to the show, Lori.
0: Hey, Brittany. Thanks for uh, inviting me to appear. And uh, I'm happy to do so as I work remotely here in little old Lethbridge, Alberta.
1: Wonderful. So Lori, can you please tell us your developer origin story?
0: Sure. So I started out as a kid with an aptitude for math and science. Had one of those not very enlightened guidance counselors that decided I shouldn't be a scientist and he talked me out of things like geophysics and astrophysics which is what I was actually interested in at the time uh, and I ended up in computer science but turns out I really kind of liked computer science um, so I continued through that uh, got my degree and ended up working for a large oil company um, for about eight years um, from that time I decided I don't really like working for large companies so ever since then I've been working for little tiny companies and um, now I work for myself with a little tiny company called Windex group um, yeah that's about it
1: so what led you to the Ruby community
0: ah so I was doing Java development, had been doing Java development for some time, and I was actually getting really sick of Java development. But I was at a conference in Calgary, um, one of the No Fluff Just Stuff conferences, and Dave Thomas was actually a feature at these uh, conferences. He was always talking about Ruby, but this particular conference all anyone could talk about was this cool new framework called Rails. Now, my coworker and I had a project that was starting the next week, so we decided to blow a couple of weeks off the front end of the schedule and see how far we could get with Ruby on Rails. Never really looked back.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. I have always wanted to go to one of those no <laughs> no fluff <laughs> just stuff kind of conferences. I'm very jealous. Uh, I started in Rails around Rails 3, so I can just imagine how cool it was to see see Rails grow up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was 0. 0.13 when I started. Oh
1: well, 13 is my lucky number. That's even better. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that you um, work for yourself for a small development group. I have experience with working for a small uh, female-run dev shop back in my day, but I'd love to know, what is a day in the life for you now?
0: So, a day in the life now, I'm trying to concentrate on my school, but it doesn't quite pay all the bills yet, so sometimes I'm working on contracts too, um, but working for myself, I can finally kind of work my own hours, I throw away my alarm clock, <laughs> I am so not a morning person. I get up. I get caught up on a few things. I try and get all the really annoying stuff out of the way in the morning. Um, then I usually break to do some exercise or take my dogs for a walk, come back, have some lunch. And then I have this great expanse of the afternoon to get all my concentrated work done, which these days is either working on, um, some web applications as a contract or working on new courses for my school.
1: Very cool. Well, let's talk about why I brought you onto the show. You recently had a post featured in Ruby Weekly around Ruby Motion. To start off, as I mentioned what Ruby Motion was at the beginning of the episode, I'd love to hear from you. Like, what is Ruby Motion to you and what experience do you have with it?
0: Okay. So, when I talk about Ruby Motion, I like to start with Ruby. Ruby is a dynamic scripting language. It has many implementations, like C Ruby, the most popular one. But we also have like JRuby that runs on the JVM. Um, and implementations like MRuby, which is intended for embedded device development. So there's lots of implementations. So back to Ruby Motion. Ruby Motion is an implementation of Ruby, but it is not a dynamic scripting language. It is a compiled language based on the LLVM, like languages like um, Objective-C, Swift, Rust, to name a few. So uh, as an LLVM language, it is compiled and produces native executables. This does limit some of Ruby's dynamic features, like dynamically creating classes and adding methods on the fly. But it opens up the whole world of mobile application development where you actually need to have um, a native executable.
1: What led you to even looking into RubyMotion? Were you already working in the Ruby community and you needed like a mobile app project? Like, I would love to hear what, what got you to even experiment with it.
0: Yeah, well, I was working in the Ruby community and the Rails community attending, um, conferences and such. And I had actually been, um, looking at developing web applications running on mobile devices like iPads. And then Ruby Motion was introduced and it's like, wow, I can create a native app and still use Ruby because I had, in fact, um, been trying to use Objective-C um, to create mobile applications but you know I used Objective-C you know back in in before the iPhone was even a thing um, I used Objective-C to uh, build a plug-in for a local company um, that does photo processing applications they have some really cool patented technology that they use and uh, They wanted to have a plugin for Photoshop on the Mac. They had somebody else working on a Windows version and I built the Mac version using Objective-C. I didn't like Objective-C very much.
1: I've heard that a lot.
0: Yeah. So when Ruby Motion came out, I was like, yes, because now I can do it all using Ruby instead of Objective-C. There's really a mindset problem switching back and forth um, that, you know, it it gets you into that whole context switching and it really makes it difficult to really dig in and make progress on a project that you're working on on the side um, if you have to keep doing this context switching. Mm hmm.
1: So let me present a scenario for you. So say I have this really amazing e-commerce app that I built in Ruby. It's a web application. And my boss comes to me and says, hey, I want this to be a mobile application. I'm like, sure, we'll just wrap it in something so that it's able to be placed in the app store, no problem. But he's like, no, I want you to actually translate this into a mobile application. So if you have this perfectly well-working site, what percentage of the code that you've already written do you feel that you could bring into a Ruby Motion project and have it work? Is there a lot of translation that needs to happen or are you able to really rely on a lot of the
0: work that you've done already? This is funny because this is actually my next project. That's awesome. <laughs> I might be your
1: client. No, uh,
0: no. I'm the, the one of the contracts I've been working on is developing a web app for a guy and he wants to have apps now and so I will be um, doing that now his application is fairly straightforward it doesn't have massive amounts of data Um, there's lots of things that it's doing that are just sort of really well suited to being a web application so when you think about translating it to the Uh, app store honestly wrapping it will will do a good job Um, that's not true of all applications there are some uh, applications that do not translate well at all and you need to use more native stuff so it's really sort of situational it depends on the application and uh, and it depends on how some of the back end is built if it's really built so that the back end operates more like an API, you'll be able to reuse all of that um, in your uh, RubyMotion app. And you'll just mostly be building the front end UI part.
1: Gotcha. So what do you enjoy most about developing in RubyMotion? Just the lack of context switching, or are there are certain libraries or the community behind it that you really enjoy?
0: It's kind of the same reason that I enjoy using Ruby. There's the clean syntax, the readable code, the general community push to convention over configuration. Um, speaking of community, that's another reason. The Ruby Motion community itself on Slack, there's a, a group called the Motioneers, is probably one of the friendliest and most welcoming online development communities I've ever encountered.
1: Interesting. So if I wanted to get, so I've always been interested in being able to develop an app, and I've always kind of put it in the back of my mind that I would learn Kotlin or Swift. And now knowing that, you know, the RubyMotion community is alive and well, I'm very tempted to really dive into it because I do maintain a mobile application at work that really is just wrapped currently, but it would be a fun experiment to try doing it Ruby motion. So to get started, I should, you know, link in the show notes, but I should seek out this Slack community.
0: Absolutely. Um, you can join it by hitting the, uh, the join app, which is uh, motioneers.herokuapp.com motionears.herokuapp.com.
1: Very cool. Well, speaking of the community, um, a recent post by the RubyMotion team, aptly named the sleeping dragon has awoken and is filled with a terrible resolve, was posted on their blog. It was around how the project is structured and how they feel RubyMotion lends to the overall mission of having Ruby everywhere. When you saw this blog post, how did you react?
0: Well, the fact is I actually saw a lot of that post in its formative stages. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, Amir tends to consult with community members a lot. And I'm one of the people. He bounces ideas off because I have the school and all. Um, I have to say I love the idea of having an open source version of RubyMotion, which it has never been. There's been bits and pieces of it that are open sourced. But um, up until that post right there, um, most people didn't realize that that was where they were going. So Amir's brought on a couple of partners now, and he is working towards having the whole infrastructure in place to make it open source.
1: Interesting. So almost like how Microsoft .net and the usage of .NET just like Exponentially exploded. Yeah. Do you think that this could happen for Ruby Motion?
0: I think so. And and that is both an exciting thing and and a problematical thing. Sure. It's one thing when a large corporation open sources something mm-hmm. because they're still supporting it, they're still paying people to work on it, whereas Ruby Motion is, you know, primarily um a mirror and now his uh, two partners, and the people that they've hired. But it is not a large corporation behind it. So he wants to be very, very careful and deliberate about how it gets open sourced, and I applaud that.
1: <laughs> do you think that there, do, are you aware of a timeline as to when he would like to have that open source? Do, should we expect to see something this year, or do you think this is going to be a... A slow progress project.
0: The, there's going to be um, parts of it coming out fairly, fairly soon. He's got a big um, announcement coming up that well, he keeps te- he keeps teasing people about um, at Ruby Kagi. So that's that's coming up pretty darn quick.
1: All right, listeners, if you are lucky enough to go to that conference, then you are going to be the first to hear an exciting announcement about RubyMotion. Otherwise, I'm sure the conference videos will get posted. That is exciting. Uh, oh, that's great, great news.
0: And the thing to remember is that uh, part of the whole open sourcing thing is that it's being rebranded. It won't be called RubyMotion anymore.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: It's going to be called Dragon Ruby.
1: Okay. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that certainly explains the blog post title. Yes. So um, I, as you have mentioned a couple times throughout this podcast, you have some courses available through Windex School. Have these been successful in enticing Ruby developers to mobile?
0: Um, they have, it hasn't really uh, taken off yet. But I'm seeing, you know, a slowly growing amount of people. And Certainly over the last few weeks, um, I've been on, uh, other podcasts and I can talk about that, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was on the Ruby Rogues and uh, a couple of weeks ago. And also the, uh, that, as you mentioned, my post, I actually got a lot of attention from that post. So I've had a lot more people signing up at the school. Um. I am seeing interest in my introductory RubyMotion Jumpstart course. Um, it's where I teach people how to use Red Potion, which is kind of the Rails of RubyMotion. Um, caveat: It is not Rails. <laughs> 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 it is. It is so not Rails. It is. It simply serves the same purpose in the RubyMotion uh, inf- community that Rails does Um, it gives us a set of libraries a set of tools that have been um, quite useful standing on their own but now they're joined together and they work together and you can create some pretty incredible um, apps with really not very much code
1: well, I'm a bit biased because I am the host of the Ruby on Rails podcast, but I have noticed that if someone is a little bit intimidated to try something, if you just tell them, oh, it's the Rails of, they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I just hearing that, I was like, oh, well, I must try Ruby Potion if if it's the Rails of Ruby Potion. <laughs> But that's good to know that you're not going in for a Rails experience, but that you do have sort of a, a framework feeling around that. And that would oh, definitely help for getting uh, people started.
0: Yeah. I've also been concentrating for the last six to eight months on my more meta course, six-pack apps. Um, this is over the more strictly like how to use this API stuff. For mobile development, there's so much more involved in getting a successful app launched in the app store than just what APIs you use. And the six pack apps is intended to help people through that process.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, so how do your courses work? What made you decide to go down the educational path?
0: Um, well, I have almost always done a lot of, of, Community outreach and worked with helping people, and that sort of evolved into teaching my own courses. Um, I've taught courses uh, and workshops on Ruby on Rails locally and at conferences um, around the world. I taught them at RailsConf, at RubyConf Australia, at NS Scotland. I taught a bunch of iOS developers how to create Rails backends for their apps. Um, So, but the thing is, I've never found that I wanted to teach live, um, you know, multi-day stuff very often because I find it incredibly draining.
1: I can Um, definitely agree to that. I am a combination of an introvert and an extrovert, but live teaching for several days at a time, I can imagine takes a lot out of you.
0: It does. So, um, I thought, why don't I try and create some online courses? Um, so that's, that's what I've been doing with, uh, the school. I've been setting that up. I actually kind of lucked out right at the time that I started setting up the school. Um, the guy who, used to do a lot of uh, Ruby motion courses Um, Jack Watson Hamblin um, fluffy Jack if you follow him on Twitter (laughs) Uh, he had this whole uh, set of videos like 75 of them called motion in motion um, that taught people how to do stuff with Ruby motion but he hasn't been working with Ruby motion for a while and he Didn't really want to um, let that, let those videos just disappear. But he didn't really want to deal with them anymore himself. So I bought them for the school.
1: That's amazing. So we will definitely link to that in the show notes. But that's great that those videos are still alive and well.
0: They're still alive and well. And not only that, a lot of them were old. So I sicked my intern on them after I bought them. And he went through them all and went through all the examples and brought them up to date so they all work um, as they should in modern RubyMotion and modern iOS.
1: Very cool. Well, I wanted to wrap up by asking you one last question. This is something that I saw touched upon in your blog post and I thought you had really interesting opinions about it. So I know you have strong opinions on JavaScript and I think the listeners would really love
0: to hear them okay well you know one of the reasons I wrote that post (laughs) somebody somebody told me that having a controversial opinion is a great way to attract attention so yes it is and I really do there is not one thing that on that post that is not exactly how I feel sometimes I don't always say those things out loud where people can hear them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I, I've used, I've been a developer for over 30 years and I've used JavaScript off and on since it started. Um, Since it started and people were like, why did you call it JavaScript? It's not Java. (laughs) But, um, I've even worked, you know, I have contracts where I've built Node APIs for people and I built Slack integrations for people using Node and I still don't like it. <laughs> it's, it's weird and not in a weird, wonderful kind of way, in a weird, what the hell are you doing now kind of way. Um, and the fact is, well, if there's a lot of JavaScript cheerleaders out there. There's also a lot of really experienced JavaScript people out there that if you, you know, sit them down and ply them with drinks, you'll hear them admit that they really don't like JavaScript. It's just what's cool and popular right now. Yes, and, and
1: especially because it can be rendered client-side and server-side. It just feels like it has gotten into everything.
0: Yes. But the fact is, developing mobile apps in JavaScript is not native, and it never will be. (laughs) And I just think that that limits it um, in a lot of ways to not very interesting apps.
1: (laughs) That is super interesting. Uh, And Um, thank you for sharing your opinion on that.
0: Yeah, I have one more opinion that I haven't shared yet, but Go for it. you'll hear this first. Okay. Right now, it used to be that we all hated on Java apps. Mm-hmm. Right now, every app on your desktop that you really, really hate was probably written in JavaScript. That's because, like, every app that I have that I hate right now, it's just like, Trello, yep, yeah, it's an Electron app. Slack, yep, yeah, it too. Oh, Skype. Yep, it too. Like Everywhere you look, people are taking the shortcut to creating cross-platform a- apps. And it's creating really bad experiences.
1: I know it definitely consumes a lot of resources onto your hardware. That's mm-hmm. for sure. But I haven't personally developed it yet. But I have heard of people, um, if you're familiar with Tuple, which is a sque- screen sharing app. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they got away from Electron. They started down that path and they decided to go back to native.
0: Yeah. They in in the end, um, if you need something that's really performant, you you have to get away from the JavaScript.
1: I love that. That that is a great way to end it right there. So, Lori, <laughs> um how can our listeners follow what you are up to?
0: Well, um i am currently curating the Ruby Motion weekly newsletter so if you go to rubymotionweekly.com and sign up you'll get me in your inbox every week but uh, you can always follow me on twitter too i'm pretty active on twitter um, my uh, handle is windex so wndx lori
1: Awesome. All of this will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Lori. If you have not given Ruby Motion a try, please do. I certainly will be.